Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Cool. Here we are then, Logan. New setup for you. Worse mic, worse camera. And just as I went to go live here, it switched our positions helpfully. So the video viewers will see that I'm on the right-hand side and you're now on the left-hand side. No idea why it decided to do that. But that's the welcome to the PC space where it seemingly does what it wants, when it wants. And you just have to try well, and get, get, get along for the ride and work out as best you can. I don't know what's happened unless for some reason it's because I muted myself because I had to sniff and <laughs> I didn't I don't like the idea but I've muted myself several times on the old setup and don't think that's ever been an issue so yeah new challenges for us worse headset worse camera despite spending a fortune on on technology so it goes to show yeah well, using that... a five-year-old iPad and a knackered old headset sometimes is an upgrade Absolutely. Sometimes what's if what you get the old stuff in, all the new tech. So all that shit you get off Amazon, most of it's too, in it? You have to really delve into the doldrums of anything on there to be careful that you don't get just crap. Tell you what though, these these oh, iPads. Oh, it's only a fiver. It lasts a month. And you're like, well, that's yeah. why it was a fiver then. Well, I've got like a Logitech proper, I say proper webcam and everything. And you think, how is this worse than? <sighs> The front-facing camera on an iPad. It's. I'll tell you. Even like I know Adcock uses his iPhone and so does Biff. Probably better camera than what I've got, and this is like a razor, like mm. proper jobby. So those handheld little tablet-stroke phones are probably the leaders when it comes to <laughs> image quality. Strange, isn't it? Because you look at the size of the aperture. Yeah. You think that should be better. Um, and then, yeah, you see yourself and it's like this blurry mess and you think, well, what's happened? Here? what are we doing? What's happened? Yeah. What's happened in the gaming world is what people are going to be asking. Um, I thought I'd start off with some FGL quickie updates. So we've had Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty come out, which is the expansion. And I guess there's, I would say like the new, it's a 2.0 update they're calling it. It's basically right. The game's pretty good now after a few years, this is the final redemption arc for Cyberpunk and for CD Projekt Red. And Adkins had strategically transferred the expansion in, hoping it would get a separate page on Open Creek. It did, much to the dismay of the the Salmons of Society, who says it's bollocks that you should have expansions and whatnot. But the rule is, gets a new page, you can have it. And yep. um, it's profited him quite nice at the moment because it's sitting on an 88. So that's a decent enough score for him. Someone who's got an average of 91. Um, he could well run away with this if he just gets his games out. It's looking like if he hits all his marks, the others are going to be... It's going to be tough for him to stop him. He's now sitting on 441 points. So he's 263 off the off the top and they've got four more games than him. Um, Can I just add that that fucking ball? It, there's no. This is by accident, not design, at the moment. I mean, mm. he's picked some good games, but that Baldur's Gate three, like, he's so lucked out with that, and it got a fucking outrageous score, which is what has given him this. Well, he picked it, took a gamble, as paper would say, you risk it for a biscuit, and he's been rewarded with several bourbons. 
<laughs> they are the best rewarded biscuit. with bourbons yeah classic um yeah but it's it, it i mean there's i don't know what the chances are but i'd say less than one percent that it got all wiped before i don't think there's been any precedent of that happening before where they've wiped it and reset the score like so just for those listening fortunate. they would have just heard a microsoft a windows notification go off it's xbox trying to tell me about payday don't make noise when I'm recording a podcast. I didn't ask for it to do that. It's went, oh, go and play Payday. And I'm like, well, it's sitting on a 70. I ain't going to waste my time with that. Not that I was interested in Payday anyway, but another bit of Game Pass guff being wheeled out. So, yeah, Phantom Liberty's out there. What's your view on the expansions being allowed in the Fantasy Gaming League? Just quickly. I was going to ask you the same thing. Interesting. Um, I mean, by the letter of the law, that that's the rule. Um, and Should it be the rule, though? Should it be new game releases only? My is my the reason why it is the way it is is for simplicity. Yeah. If it gets a new page, you can have it. If not, you don't get it. And it cuts out all the bollocks. Is this an expansion? Yeah. Is it big? Is it a spin-off? Remasters, remakes. Oh, you can have a remake, but not a remaster. But is this a remaster or a remake? Like cuts all the nonsense out. It's just yeah. like if it's a brand new product that's getting reviewed in 2023 in this year or the year that we're doing the FGL. It goes in, and that's just, and you, sometimes you get quirks. Open critics, not consistent by any stretch of imagination, but it just means, from our perspective, everyone knows where they stand. You take a risk with things like this. Sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't feel strongly either way. Funnily enough, I'm kind of just like, well, I think if you try and police it, you'll get controversy and people will get upset about it because yeah. it's like, what is truly a an expansion and what's not like what are we only ever going to judge an og game release like would yeah. borders gate 3 for example be classed as a new release or it's not early like... access for two years you can't <laughs> have it this is what i mean yeah, this it... is where it becomes complicated so i'm comfortable with the overall rule that if it gets its own page you can have it, it you can have it yeah. because anything else just adds a level of complexity that because people have to are deal looking with. for loopholes. Well, yeah, yeah and then you, yeah, and it's just like. Whereas now it's well, open critics' problem. If they don't do it and it annoys them, I can say, "Well, don't come to me. I haven't made the decision. You, you took the gamble and blew it." And that's, yeah, exactly. And, and I think it's just policing it would be just too. Uh, it, in theory, it'd be simple. Like, yeah. and I think remakes, remasters, all of that. If you said, I think you could, and in the back in the day, you could say DLC, but mm. I think mm. you could distinguish between what is. A DLC expansion package and like a, a re-release, but something like this where it's they've literally redone practically the whole game. Like it blurs the lines. Yeah, yeah, and and right and sort of rightfully so. There's now going to be an entry of Cyberpunk 2077 with the Phantom Liberty edition that's scoring probably about where it should be or should have been originally if it hadn't been yeah, such yeah, a yeah, mess. So from their perspective, they get a little bit of shine from that. There's another redemption arc. You know, we've seen it with No Man's Sky. And mm. I just think back two, three years ago, how everyone just hated CD Projekt Red for absolutely chuffing Cyberpunk 2077 on the consoles, and particularly mm. last gen. And I mean, it does show again, once again, if you work hard at it and just rebuild brick by brick the Fae, finally ship a good product, you can you can get away with it to a certain extent. Because a lot people of people are playing it. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. you know, No one's gone, well, you know, you had one chance. I think people are willing... 
nowadays and this is goes back to i think why it's our approach is generally pays off when we play games we play games generally when we want to mm. and obviously we use the open critic score as a temperature check and i think it's got scared the majority of us off of, oh yeah yeah off of this game but it's definitely now kind of back on the menu and it's yeah. like you know fair play to cd project red for for carrying on and and doing it i mean it's kind of it's a weird one isn't it because you kind of want to go don't release shit yeah you must have known it like but you did it anyway so realistically if they'd have sat there and sort of pushed the pause button whilst they sorted it out and then released the final product would that have been better arguably yes get it right first time if you can but you know if if eventually you can ship something good that i can enjoy then not all's forgiven, but well, actually all is forgiven because it's not really affected me. All I've done is not played a buggy game two years ago, and now I can experience the best version of that. Been so in for... early access, some might say. Well, if you yeah. really like, Should this is the... what I mean. Where'd you draw the line? It's yeah. like, well, they've they chucked it out there. Um, all right, it was a, they did say it was a full release, but um, <laughs> it's effectively similar to what would have been a, a an early access game in my yeah. view. Yeah. Just semantic when you boil it down to it yeah what's interesting about this phantom liberty update is it's not available on last gen so it's only on ps5 and series consoles and obviously pc so at some point they've looked at that and said yeah that ain't the, the base game shouldn't have ever been released on those old yeah. titles that's the that's the fact of the matter coming and, to nintendo switch soon oh well we'll get on to that funny enough just <laughs> after this little break for the intro let's do that formally introduce the podcast this is idle game chat dim digital's flagship video game podcast and show actually the only thing we do regularly so by default is a flagship i would say <laughs> you got apps which is me the host or the man running the operations and we've got the fgl grand prix winner who's maybe on course to be the champion at the end of this year logan resident referee if nothing else here to spout bollocks and try and get away with incorrect statements and see if i notice Always, I'll do my best. Always digging to do that. Let's, um, oh yeah, patreon.com forward slash dimp digital is the place to go if you want to support it. That should say that just in just in case there is a millionaire listening. It's like, well, oh. in fact, if you're a millionaire, don't go through Patreon. Just email me or tweet me or tweet us and give me the money offline so we don't have to give them 10% or whatever their cut is. At dimp digital. Not even sure if I'm logged into that account, so probably need to. If millionaire, said millionaire or billionaire is listening, I'm not gonna actually. Imagine if you, if you f- hadn't logged into that and you went back there, it and would... someone had actually offered that, but it was like a limited. I always time worry deal. about this lotto not notifying me. <laughs> it does, but just one time that they don't notify you is when you've got the big one. And would it really notify and say news in your ticket and you go in there? It's oh, you've won ten million. Yeah, like, no. How does it work? <laughs> Uh, apparently, I think you get a phone call or something happened. But like I wouldn't answer you. it because they wouldn't be leaving a voicemail, would they? I got two calls earlier this week, funnily enough. I think when we were doing a recording, um, I didn't answer that. Could have mm. been anything, but I went, because I'm off work, I ain't doing it. No, just risky business. So I have to keep an eye. Maybe we should answer the phone more then. But my view is you leave a voicemail and tell me who you are and why you're calling. And I'll get back to you if I want to. And, yeah, and that's or just that. don't call. Send or a don't text. Call. Text me and tell Email. me you won 10 mil. And I'll be like, okay. That sounds like a scam though, doesn't it? You wouldn't believe it. Mm. You can't win. They can only win. There must be a, a, an easy Jim way. from the lotto. Can you give me a call yeah. back? You've won the lottery. You go, whoa. Well, no, Jim. Ryan, Jim. What are you doing here? <laughs> anyway. So we were talking about the um, the Switch downporting perhaps Cyberpunk as a bit of a joke. They did do The Witcher 3, to be fair. So who knows? I mean, 
Cyberpunk's a bit more advanced than, than that. But I wanted to check in with you on Mortal Kombat 1 because this is in your fantasy yeah. gaming team. And what's happened over the last week or so, it's not terrible. It's sitting on 85. So it's, it's gone down a couple of notches, but it's not been completely dumped. But what's contributed to that quite heavily is that IGN, I've got two reviews out. One, I think, is an 8 out of 10 on the console version or the PC version. And then they've put another one for the Switch version, which is a 3 out of 10. And then Nintendo Life have come along and put a 4 out of 10. And, you know, the cliff notes are that this Switch version of Mortal Kombat 1 ain't it. It ain't close to being it. It's just, from all angles, not very good. And not to get snarled up in Mortal Kombat 1 and talk about that specifically, but more generally, why why bother with this Switch if you're a third party with a game that clearly doesn't fit the bill? Because all it does... It makes the game look shit because people are like, look at this toilet, runs like yeah. shit. And also, from Nintendo's point of view, it exposes the hardware limitations. And again, it's a completely different avenue. It's handheld first. We know that. It's got to always cater for, for that. But you've always got people shitting on that Switch, and this just gives them far more ammunition to have another crap on it, saying it can't even bloody run a fighting game. So why bother? I know it's a, it's a, it's a profit deal. We know that. Yeah, but yeah. Optically, sometimes someone's got to look at that and say, "This don't look good for anyone involved." We're all staring at each other in the boardroom, going, "Well, that ain't gone well, is it?" Yeah, I mean, I wish they, I really wish they wouldn't do it. And it doesn't just go for the Switch, to be fair. It what goes if you're only the... on the Switch and you're like, "Oh, I want to play Mortal Kombat." My argument well, to then... that is, you won't, you don't want to play this version of it. Trust me. Yeah, this is the thing. You don't even get the version that's worth playing. Like, yeah. it, the, the simple fact is is if you want to play certain games, you need a platform that can run them. Yeah. Like, and that may sound cruel, but if you if you can't afford it, you can't have it. Like, that is my <laughs> rule in life. Like, I can't have a Bugatti. Like, well, I can't afford it. So yeah, finance these days, I've seen all sorts well, roaring around I mean, these parts. This is, this is the point. It's like, we're trying to move something over. And I, I, look, I, I, broadly speaking, I'm okay with them releasing a, a toned down diluted version of games that people can play on another console like, i'm fine with that as long as it runs and it, yeah. it like but there must be a base level decision where you go can this what's set the, of hardware what's the minimum standard of quality yeah. we need can this do it if the answer is no you go sorry i know it's a hundred odd million install base but let's walk away from that i really I'd can't argue, i can't imagine can't on a mobile then you yeah. can't have it on switch oh. like because the switch is super and switch I would incoming argue, that this here, this Mobileye, mm. has probably got more grunt in some respects well. than that Switch. I, I, I would argue it. I'd like someone to to prove me wrong. But when you look at the size <laughs> of that Switch, it's, you know, most of it's Joy-Con and screen. Like, so in terms of <laughs> hardware, I'm not, you know, it's probably got a better GPU in it or something like that. But um, I think it's unquestionably better than these Mobileyes. Well, and I'll, we'll get on to a funny enough I'll, I'll move yeah. it up the rankings but there's another topic that will come up that will it, like, you can look at the specs and think that'll, that'll tell the story but the yeah. fact that we don't get Mortal Kombat even tried on a mobile device suggests oh, because yeah. if you could then they would this is the thing this is why the switch is getting mobile going on yeah but what's that t- t- f- level down to that's not up to snuff is it that is alright like it's yeah, honest... it's not the real McCoy that's what I'm saying it's a bespoke no. mobile shitter yeah, yeah, which it should be. But this is my point. It's kind of like if you're going to do something, 
then you either ratchet it down to a level that the like they've obviously you know when we talk about what happens with the Xbox with the Series X and supporting that S and you go well they've been 75% told got... they reckon from these leaks Xbox Series S split what? 75% of Xbox Series consoles out there this is a year ago or so this data is Xbox Series S Dang. well that's what the leaks have, they've wrote it in their internal documents oh, people ain't buying that X I don't understand people buying that S. Because if you're that... if you're just looking at it from what's cheaper, you just go, well, get that. Or if you get any... percent of those have now upgraded to an X. No, they haven't, because they haven't had any games to play until recently. <laughs> maybe, maybe they have this last week with Starfield, perhaps. But honestly, That's I, and also, you also got to remember, there's probably a lot of people that are PlayStation or Nintendo first, and they're like, right, Xbox is only ever going to be a secondary console. Why bother with the... Because we've sat here, how many times have we sat here saying we've got this PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series X, the Switch, yeah. and now PC sitting here. They're yeah. all at various stages collecting dust. It's not a good investment. <clears throat> it's not. No one's recommended to do that. Like the normal behaviour would be to get one, and if you wanted to get another, if it's a cheaper option, you go for that. Yeah, it's fair to say that the approach that you and I and various others in this group have taken isn't Pathetic. the most <laughs> <laughs> it it's not. It's not a good idea. I would honestly dread to think the amount that I've splurged on this gen. But yeah. anyway, um, look, I, I do get it. But at the same time, I don't. I, I just, I find it bizarre. But it's, they've got to, basically what we've discussed many a times with that S is that they've got, they want to have feature parity. Well, they've given up on that. Baldur's Gate 3 gets the green light to not have split screen on S, but can have it on X, so... Phil's already bent the knee there and gone, that's not worked out, is it? Right, so the, the wall was broken already. Oh, exactly. Yeah. To be fair, I mean, that particular feature, split-screen co-op, the use case must be like 2% of people that are ever going to use that. Find but, me find me 10 people that are doing Baldur's Gate free. I, I agree. But it's the principle of it, isn't it? When you say one yeah. thing, that it's always going to be the same, you won't be left behind, and then, albeit a very low usage mode gets binge. You're like, well, what else is in in store for the future? Because we also know, according to the documents that were leaked and, and whatnot, that there's no plans for them to up do a mid-gen upgrade. There'll be yeah. a, a refreshed Xbox Series X, but it won't have any power upgrades. It'll just be a digital version. It'll be a cylinder um, if these leaks are still what Microsoft are planning. So we're not going to get a an Xbox One X style console. Phil says it's all changed now. Tweeted out. He went, ah, don't pay attention to it. That's all changed. Every well, single bit of it. You wrote Arthur's email. I mean, it probably has all changed, but <laughs> how significantly can it have changed in a year or two? Well, Phil says it. Well, yeah, I, I agree, but... I don't see these going, fucks oh. as very nimble. They're, you know, these big fucking corporations. They're like big ships trying to turn around. You ain't gonna yeah, are, yeah. It's probably close to what you're going to get. And, then he's going to have to, and now because he stupidly said that, if and when all this stuff comes to fruition, people go, well, why are you talking bollocks? He talks too much. That's his problem, <laughs> didn't he? He has to comment on everything. There was, um, a, there was a stretch this year, and I think it's, it's, it's continued because he couldn't resist tweeting out, where every week I would do the, do the little news cycle watch and see what can we chat about. Every week there was a quote from Phil Spencer about something. And eventually, if you talk that much, you're gonna your web of lies is gonna ca- yeah get caught yeah. out. Keep quiet. 
Right. Yeah. And don't and it's it's the whole thing of playing the good guy, isn't it? He plays up friend of the show, all that. He he knows he's friend of the show and plays up to the persona. Mm-hmm. Whereas so when something sinister like him suggesting that they should buy a Nintendo sort of pops out of the woodwork in in clearly private and confidential emails that no one was supposed to ever see, the mask starts to slip and then people get on his back for that. Jim Ryan, for all of his faults, just plays into being a cunt. So you expect it from him. It's not it's not news, is it? <laughs> He doesn't get caught out because he's just yeah. like, well, yeah. I ain't said anything for it in six months. I ain't got to say he, nothing. Yeah, he does talk too much. You're absolutely right with that. And he, he talks himself in and out of trouble, I think. He yeah. uses it to yeah. his advantage as much as he does his disadvantage. I think it's a net, um, I think it's a net positive because, as I've said, I think yeah. they've galvanized like a fan base that will... I mean, the damage control force throughout this past week because of the leaks, you would have, you've never seen anything like it. They're out there putting out fires for Phil. Yeah, yeah, got, yeah. Got, all he's got to do is send one tweet, and that's his PR bit done. The yeah, fans yeah. and the Green Bloods will go and mop it up for him. They have done a great job PR wise and optically built this this kind of brand loyalty that will mm. that will they will go to war for them. Yeah, anyway. it is a it is a bit like that, but yeah, it's just um, got to do with a fucking switch. Well, <laughs> tangents. So back to the switch. Yeah, I think. It, basically, what you want them to do is is release something playable in whatever form, and it's like clearly on that on those sort of scores, it's not. But I wanted to touch on is is it right to review a game differently on different platforms? I would say if it's fundamentally a different experience, and absolutely, and this sounds like that case. Yeah, you know, it looks like it's the case. Like if something. Or, Go on. So and my argument is, so say it runs like a bag of shit on the PlayStation yeah. and it runs well on the Xbox. Wow. Do you get a PS5 score on an Xbox One? Or is it just, why is this Switch getting special treatment? Because it's such a fundamentally different version. I just disagree with it. I think if it's Mortal Kombat 1 mm. and you're releasing Mortal Kombat 1 on these platforms... Like, Cyberpunk didn't get a fucking break because it ran like shit on the PS4 and, P- and Xbox. No, it didn't. Like, it, it didn't. So why why are we getting, like... Why well, it ain't getting a break, different... is it? It's getting cracked on. I know, on. but this is the point, is that it should form part of an overarching score. Yeah. But I don't agree with separate reviews. So you're saying like, there they shouldn't even be a console review. It should be Switch, and then that's the score that IGN give it, rather than the two they've kind of given. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't like I think... the fact that they've gone... Over here, good. Over here, shit. It's useful because you know that one version you ain't going to buy. But yeah. I feel like it should sully the over... I mean, it does, like, on the at the meta level, like, sully the score. But yeah. imagine if you hadn't seen that Switch-specific review and you just went with the one that you saw first, yeah. right on Switch, and all of a sudden you go, cool, this is shit, what's going... Like, I always, I know, or I the think, other way around. I think as a Switch owner, you've got to take some accountability for what you're putting on that platform and understanding the limitations. You have. You can't sit there and expect the world. Like, it's just logic. You have to live in a world of reality where you know what its limitations are. You know the games that yeah. Nintendo are going to publish and develop for it are probably going to be of good quality, unless it's Pokemon. And anything else, third party... You're running a risk. You've seen it. You've seen too many examples, time and time yeah. again, of them running of them running a risk. But we have seen some great ports, like The Witcher Three, for what it's being put on is a work of art, a work of a genius type magic being being wheeled out. But I think the the point I would make about 
third parties, if they want to go on the Switch, you have to do it properly. You can't just... It can't be side of the desk. And we know we've all been caught out by that crap, haven't we? Uh, just side of the desk activity. And you're like, well, hang on, that's more than half my day every week being fucking blown on that. It can he be that. It's almost got to be we're going to release the game on the consoles and then we're going to work post-release properly on a Switch version to make sure it's optimised. Similarly like they do for PC. Similarly for PC. And yeah. we've seen it with Hogwarts Legacy. That was that was next-gen only and they delayed the current-gen versions and the Switch version. They're going to hopefully work on making sure those versions... I think the, the, the last-gen versions are out and it runs fine. Jedi Survivor, another example, came to PC, which is still a mess, but did the PS5 and the Xbox Series consoles. They then said we're going to work on a last-gen version later on. I think you just have to take that approach. Trying to get everything out over the line at the same time just leads to this sort of disaster because it's not Too easy. Too many plates spinning yeah, exactly. and you drop one and then it's shit like that that gets... It, well, know. people but- cry about exclusivity and it's like, well, think how much easier it is for the developers just to work on one platform or yeah, two yeah. rather than fucking yeah. the Switch and last-gen and, like... Todd Howard said it. Exclusivity made Star feel better. It's like, yeah, I don't... Yeah. I don't it, don't cry about the exclusives. They're annoying to a certain extent, but when Chris and I have explored and spent thousands on the hardware, we sit here laughing. That's what we want. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's ideal for some. I mean, me and you, it just doesn't really affect. I mean, I, I, I do prefer it. Like, I do wish they'd leave the old shit in the bin. Like They have to start drawing a line between yeah. new gen and, and previous gen, I think. I feel like that's happening more and more i feel like that's occurring yeah we're i mean there should be a blurred now. period but it feels like i think they've kept it going on a bit too long oh it's, yeah it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think but it's difficult wants... to say because how long's the development cycle how when long do, is that game when did the when game did it... start and all that yeah 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 so it is a tricky thing to do but i think and I'd how like much how it. much did it hold back the design of the game fundamentally we'll never know yeah. just making uneducated guesses that like well that could have been better we're here for. yeah it's yeah. like well um, would it have been yeah, uh, but I would like to see that. But I think something like the Switch, which is an old console now as well, yeah, twenty seven, and it wasn't it wasn't powerful when it was released. And you no. think was well, handheld? Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I understand. It is. It's what, it what is. they said when they released it. It's one hundred percent a handheld console, and that obviously has got limitations to it. And as you say, like when you've got their first party games that are, are not perfect across the board and we've touched and kicked those pokemon ones many times yeah you think at what chance these third parties have in in doing it for that they must look at that and go fucking hell how do we get it to run on this well phil's committed to putting call of duty on it when that deal closes so well i mean if you as i say though they'll just upscale the mobile version or something to be runnable no i reckon he reckons native you know, get all the all the open world zombies that's coming, all that stuff. I mean, it we'll... pains me. Why don't you just shut up? Well, you have to get over the line, and we'll get to, we'll close out the show with what's likely to happen. But it seems like mission accomplished. So you just got to say what you got to say. I think he's under duress, wasn't he? Get, get, get. Do cut whatever everyone deals. Everyone can have it. Everyone can have it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But there we go. Yeah, Switch is a bit of a conundrum. I mean, that's the, the it's heavily speculated that we'll have a new one. Not maybe not this time next year, but certainly by Christmas next year, and we'll be interested to see the power and upscaling technology. There's, I'm somewhat, I'm somewhat bullish 
but I know better than to trust Nintendo on the hardware. If it's front. an upscaled Switch, if it's a Switch Two, will you get it? Like day one. So it depends on a couple of factors. One of the big factors is what's going on with this backwards compatibility. Yeah, I've got games I've not even played that I've bought that's sitting there. Can I can I play those? Secondly, what's the docked experience like? Yeah. Is it are we, are we going to be using DLSS? Are we getting these the rumors speculating and in, in turn this thing might be able to you know use the magic of DLSS to get a good image quality and higher frame rates and whatnot, which would be a, a real boon. Um, and really, that's about it. I mean, I'm likely to dive in because. I like to get a new bit of hardware now and again. Yeah, and the yeah. Switch, as much as I give it a kick, it does it does fill a gap now and again. Mm. And um, if it's if it's offering backwards combat and looking like the, there's a bit of a power upgrade. And to be honest, are their games going to be exclusive to that new Switch as well? That's obviously a factor. Maybe not initially, but eventually they'll transition over. Like if they come out and say new 3D Mario coming only on the new Switch, I'm like, well, I have oh, to. No, yeah, and that's, yeah. that's why the games are important. That's why you yeah. should always focus on the games and not the bollocks, but we're going to do just exactly that. So sort of a, this is almost like a sideways transition. It's not a complete change of subjects. It's in the same arena. So the iPhone 15 Pro and the iPhone 15 Pro Max is out. You can go spend a grand or and change on that if you want. I don't, it ain't for me. They never will be these expensive phones, but there you go. But the reason why it's appeared here is actually during their, their, um, their announcement of the the iPhone 15, they they revealed that there's going to be Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil Village, Assassin's Creed Mirage, and Death Stranding coming natively to the iPhone 15 Pro and Max versions. Now, Death Stranding is due late this year. Resident Evil 4 remakes due late this year, and I think Creed Mirage is the first half of 2024. This was somewhat interesting because these aren't cloud-based streaming ones. These are native versions of the game that are going to appear on your on your Apple phone. I've seen how people configure it, and they basically have a switch sort of dock that you put the phone in. You've got a control. It looks exactly the same as what a switch would. So in terms of ergonomics, they've got that tick in the box. Don't think there's. I don't know if there's touch controls enabled, but I think the idea is you play these like you'd play your switch almost. And I want to just get a, get thoughts on this because now the phone's out, we'll start probably seeing some real world examples in the coming months. But now that the the phones are actually out there for people to buy, this was um I found this I was caught off guard a little bit because I was just so caught up in the idea of everything that's going to go cloud for these sort of yeah. on the go devices. And that's the only way they can do it. But iPhone or like on Apple, are like well look, we can grease some palms, get Capcom involved, get Ubisoft in. Get Kojima in and say, look, you can scale down a version, runs at 720p on the small screen, which is fine, runs well, play Resident Evil 4 on the go. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got a couple of comments on this. Firstly, I still maintain the worst way to play any game is mobile. Like, What if you've got the it, controller, though? No, so it's still awful. Like it's it it's you can do it, but it's the worst way to do it. Like well, that's, that's Steam Deck. It's the worst way, and the only one up from that, slightly up from that, is doing it in handheld. Like I don't get on with handheld consoles. I'm adamant that's the third worst way to play a game, or third best. Um, but bottom of the rung is uh, is mobile gaming. But the specific mobile games that are designed for mobile. 
fine. Good, yeah. fine. That is a good way to play those. But I don't like this porting. Like, I don't play Call of Duty Mobile because I find it like it's got to be the... I've got two consoles, a Switch and a PC now. Why would I play Call of Duty Mobile? Like, I'm not that desperate to play it and it's the worst way of experiencing it. But anyway, well. my overarching comments around mobile has got to be more powerful than that Switch are not entirely unrooted in fact because some of these new chips that are coming out and i think specifically the apple chips yeah are bloody powerful like yeah. um so but you apple... held up your phone which is no i'm sorry that phone you've got ain't got the guts for it what this honor i've got an honor that, that honor ain't got the guts for it i'm telling you it's pretty reasonable it's, it's one step up from wiley fox this, this ain't. Motorola's <laughs> I had before were. This, that's true. <laughs> I've had a slight upgrade. I still, I've always, I did a lot of research into phones a little while ago before I bought this one. Mm. And basically the top end, you're getting that, it's, it becomes more of a photography thing. And you can buy top end yeah. gaming phones made by Asus and all. Like you can really go to the nth degree of it. But the power they've got is quite impressive. Like, especially at the top end. Yeah. Um, and Apple and all the Android bloods will be here absolutely wanting to kick them down going they've just added USB-C we've had that for years da, 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 da. Yeah. charging still shit this that and the other all's the well that ends it. well I say get rid of that lightning too it's gone now next yeah, yeah. well yeah. done I mean, that, it, was, that was it, the EU's doing wasn't it they went oh it you ain't doing that? that that was the EU's doing wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. They they went, went, that's, that's ridiculous no yeah, no, yeah. Well. they went well better yeah. tech you gonna license <laughs> it out nah well then you, you go to the standard thank you it is ridiculous. Like it, a lot of the features, I saw something the other day saying, "Oh, you can now charge your iPods off your phone." And literally, you could do that on a Samsung yeah. three years ago, not just using USB, but using wireless. Yeah. Like it's mad. Like honestly, the the, the the things that Apple gets plaudits for that was in the Android world three, four, five years ago is mad. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I think because those chips in those iPhones are bloody good and they're capable yeah. so it's it's not a surprise and i think it's a very clever thing to do the screens are now brilliant yeah like, so you know they're really good and really crisp so it's like if you've got these high-end phones they've got the grunt they've got the screen like have they got of... that battery power to play more than a couple of hours though so this is always the drag is that you've still got about 15 watt chargings they take fucking ages to charge up and the batteries are just probably half of what I've got in mind. Like I think I've got like a 4,000 milliamp battery or something. So they're probably about two, two and a half thousand or something in those iPhones. Mm. Um, so I think that would be the concern is when you're doing it, but they'll probably start setting some sort of charging pack for it. You know what they're like? Oh, yeah. like basically, they, 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 they deliberately do this kind of stuff so they can sell an accessory. Little battery um, pack on the go, little bank, yeah, like power bank, I think they... I, yeah, had, I, yeah. I, had a, I had a power bank for that switch when I went over to the Caribbean. Got one of those in case it ran out of battery and it would give it another like eight hours worth of charge. And, um, yeah, but they're sneaky bastards, right? Because they make their phones only compatible bespoke, with like yeah. bespoke Apple yeah, charging yeah. packs. So you couldn't just use any old... I mean, I've got a solar one that I use. It's like a big charging pack for when I've been camping and stuff. Yeah. But it probably wouldn't work on an iPhone USB because no, no. you go, no, it's not an Apple product. So that's where they'll get you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's interesting. I think it's 
it's interesting they're actively kind of like marketing that as a thing now um but again not wholly unsurprising considering the grunt that they've got no i don't think i mean most people that sit here and listen to this low level gaming podcast aren't going to find much use for this i would imagine there's probably a few not to go out and buy it again anyway if you've already got it but i suppose the the ploy here is not to really serve us because we've got the on-site you know experience and the consoles and whatever else so for us it's like it'd be maybe convenient if we were traveling or going away but then we've got the switch so you know that's what that's for kind of Mm. to, to fill that gap but i guess for those that don't have that or are very casual I suppose the play here is to try and get them in. But I still maintain that those people, these two billion games I keep getting told that are out there, and it's like, well, 1.5 billion of them are playing mobile games. They're not interested in playing Resident Evil 4. Yes. As Leon walking around talking shit. They want to just play mobile games that fit into their schedule. Um, Pick so up I, and put down. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. So this this whole like, opportunity, because you know what the slide would have been internally. Here's the opportunity: two billion players that we can reach with these games. It's like, well, yeah, you can reach them, but are they interested? My answer <laughs> tends to be no. I just don't. I speak to these people, and they're like, "Well, yeah, great, but I don't want to sit there and play that. I want to play something very light touch. Yeah, that isn't. You know, I'm playing it on the go. I'm playing it on the on the commute in and whatnot." These games don't appeal to me. Otherwise, I would have bought a PlayStation or an Xbox or a Switch already. I don't see many people. I really think this whole premise that people play games commuting, I haven't seen it, or very rarely. I've had one person that sat next to me a couple of months ago on the train into work, and he was playing a Switch, and I was like, bloody hell. Have you seen more people playing just Toot, like Candy Crush, or I saw some fuck playing Dominoes the other day. There's people that play just mindless. I mean, I sit yeah. on the tr- I don't do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is downtime. Like, this is, I'm going to watch a series. Like, this, is, this isn't when I want to be getting stressed out by that fucking Resident Evil chasing me. Like, you just don't, I just don't, I haven't seen it. I mean, it doesn't mean that it's not there. Mm. It might not be in my market. It might be in japan or another country like this, this is what i mean there might true. be more of a that's, culture of that that's very true that's very true actually could be the chinese market or this know, is what Asia i mean this, and yeah. that's definitely more a kit you're right that was a good and catch. you think about it's the scale as well right mm. um if you think about the u.s like People will travel eight hours in a car to go and see their parents for the weekend or something. Like, they only go out the road as well. This is right. So this is the thing. Whereas I'm like, do I want to go and see my mum today? It might take me 45 minutes. That's too long. I ain't doing that. Yeah, like, one, two, seven's so fucked. Not it's, yeah, the, 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 these roads are too busy. So, And if it's anywhere near <laughs> nine and five, then you can't move. So, But this is the difference. It's kind of like we do very short journeys comparatively to a lot of other countries because we're so small but we don't really realize that we think everyone's doing what we are whereas imagine if you're 17 in your parents car yeah what are you going to do for those eight hours going to see your grandparents for the weekend in connecticut or whatever like so i, I used try to play take... that bloody nintendo uh, game boy i used so, to go camping thing, it used to make right? me sick so, though I used to get travel sick looking down at something sick. Well, I used to get travel sick anyway, and what made it worse was looking down at something. If I read something or played something, I soon realised within 20 minutes, I was like, oh, yeah. chuck my guts up here, and often did. Sick, no. 
so yeah i think there's there is a bigger market for it in other countries with bigger scale where people have got more time to burn on traveling and stuff but um overall i don't think there's as you say it's kind of like put fifa on there or i don't mm. know like saying more quote unquote casual like those yeah i just don't see people playing those yeah, but it's def, a good way in stranding it's like it's a niche in a niche that's a niche of a niche yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. that's for the real yeah. real nerds yeah, like uh, me it's like, yeah like road building simulator in it mm. um <laughs> well, but that's yeah. what i made it into <laughs> yeah. yeah strange one but it, it, i've always been interested to see where this goes in terms of blurring the lines between mo like Mm. I, I do wonder whether there is this continued market for handhelds. I mean, there is at the moment, but I feel like it's blurring with how powerful phones are getting. I kind of feel like... Well, this blurs even further now, doesn't it? Exactly, because yeah. It's no longer are they restricted to the cloud version. They've got native AAA, for lack of a better term, games that are coming. Yeah. Like Resident Evil 4, that came out this year. Like it's not like these are particularly old games. Assassin's Creed Mirage is not even out yet. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I guess it'll be coming later on down the line. Mm-hmm. But well, look again. We talk about bloody that Switch putting chucking versions out that day and date. Look what they've done here. Let's work on it. Well, get it. Get it right. I was going to say it'd be interesting to see how they actually play and what the yeah. feedback is. Like because I'm thinking about just a a, a, a down resed version of the actual game. Like, but is that all it's going to be like i think it'd be interesting to see what what it what, what the it compromises is. are because there will be yeah, compromises. yeah, yeah. there has to be there's no way that something the size of this ps5 this pc yeah. this xbox can be played on something this big it's not possible otherwise no. they wouldn't be that big would they like they would be they'd be smaller no, you'd hope not yeah so yeah i'm with you on that it'd be interesting to see what sort of game it is but it's it, you know i'm I'm pleased, although it's not my preference of how to do it. Mm. Like I'm pleased that there's inroads being made into moving some of these games onto yeah. a more mobile form. It's cool, isn't it, from a tech point of view? That yeah, yeah, it these, is. Yeah. These, these mobiles. I mean, keep in mind this is the Pro and the Pro Max version of the iPhone, so yeah, top end required. But the fact that that's even becoming an option, and yes, it's four games at the moment, but let's see how they do and. Might be something that we report back onto track and see. Um, who knows? Might have some nuts. I don't know if there's any Apple heads in our DIMP crew. I don't think there is. And if they are, I don't but think they're the ones... I call him an Apple head, but he's an iPhone he is, head. But he's too busy spending money on cars, isn't he, than getting the latest mm. and greatest phone. Who knows? Yeah. It surprises me sometimes when you talk to people and they're like, I've got the new iPhone. I'm like, really? You don't even look at your phone, but... They just have to have yeah, it. So there might be one of those lurking. I'll have a little... They get locked into them contracts still, somehow paying £60 a month for doing all that. And I'm like, yeah. we stopped doing this, surely, like, eight to ten years ago. Yeah, like, no. why, why are people still doing it? Got to get Madness. a new phone. That's one way to get it, I guess, rather than paying the, the £1,000 or whatever it is. To it's a it, lot. But... It is a lot to do. Pee-wee's uh, an iPhoner. Is he? he? Yeah, but he does. He always gets the one that's sort of two or three years old. He's like mm. not fussed about that breaking yeah. edge tech, and he'll yeah. only do it if he absolutely has to, has to. Fair enough. We'll have a look at this and see. Maybe there'll be some metrics. I'm sure there'll be impressions once the games drop and how yeah. they're running, how they're looking, and 
Will we get a new open critic page for some of these reviews? Are they just going to be reviewed into the into the main page? Another controversy, perhaps swirling yeah. as we move out of that. So we talked. We mentioned the Xbox leaks. People are wondering why the whole episode is not dedicated to that. And I just think, well, I ain't. It's it's interesting, but how much can you glean from it? It's old stuff. There's some eye-opening emails and eye-opening strategies, and I open. It's certainly some good stuff in there, but there's. You have to go really deep to get it right. And I ain't interested in doing that because it would have taken the whole fucking load of hours for me to do and the whole episode would have been it and I'd have got bored after 10 minutes. But there was one particular item that came out, which I didn't want... I'm not going to focus on Xbox for this. It's more of the idea of it. And again, we're coming back to hardware. It's in their roadmap. The plan as of a few years ago was that Xbox are looking to release a new console in 2028 that is a hybrid of on-premise and cloud. So here's kind of a part of the vision that they put out there. Develop a new generation hybrid game platform capable of leveraging the combined power of the client and the cloud to deliver deeper immersion and an entirely new class, oh sorry, an entirely new classes of game experience. So this, for the, the layman's like myself, is game will play, you will connect to the cloud whilst playing said game and those cloud interactions will enhance the game in some way. Obviously, that's that's, and that's about as close as we've got. We have seen this before. Crackdown 3 being an attempt at it. And in fact, I don't even know if it even came out and got released. I cannot even remember if that even happened. But more recently and more successfully, Flight Simulator leverages this. So if you enable the cloud connectivity... The detail of the, I guess, the cities or the, the terrain you're flying around is hugely boosted. And if you play it offline, you don't get that. So parking Xbox, the brand aside, because people will start getting angry. But what all about the idea of the, ne- the next generation of consoles or in the future, a cycle or an option where you could have your Xbox Series X or your PS6 or whatever it is, and some of the games could be enhanced by connecting to the cloud and allowing that to happen. And then one step further, which is the, the out-of-the-box one, a cheaper device that has limited on-premise power but uses the cloud to make up for the difference. So let's say 200 quid, 100 quid, something like that. Those two ideas floating around, what do you make of it? And look, we're not technology specialists. We never will be. But I think we understand in principle what they would attempt to do it's whether from a end user perspective we think it would be beneficial to either us or others uh, you're in cuckoo land Phil he wants to say well <laughs> no because I've said to you many times before on this podcast that I thought it was going that way like you'd mm. plug into the wall and you'd play you wouldn't have like your monitor would plug into the wall essentially and you'd do that everything would be cloud based but Nothing has really gone that way, and I don't know whether that's because of technical limitations, risk, or just people's innate desire to have hardware of their own, and especially on like PC, to be able to customize that and build it to what they want. Like, I, I think people always retain an element of that. Yeah. Um, it's a hobby itself, isn't it? To yeah. To, to, to build it yourself and do it. That's not going to go anywhere. Not everyone has got the same requirements in terms of power and and all that kind of stuff. So I think broadly, hardware of some sort is here to stay. 
And I think, let's be honest, hardware also generates profit. But mm. I think there's a, a profit margin, although they'd say it's not high. There is a profit margin on on the hardware that they, that's produced. So I always see that staying. Uh, do I want anything? Because arguably, we're using the cloud all the time. We just don't really cloud saves here like everything's pretty much uploaded to the cloud you're well, interacting you've referenced on that, that some bloody of the reviews. f1 game always pinging the get off yeah so that's a little bit of, a little bit of foreshadowing for a future impressions coming soon interesting i don't know what it's probably not coming today but Mm-mm. um so yeah i think i think i'm okay with it it's just i don't want to I don't know if I'd want to make the choice. I think if I had the choice between relying on a cloud or relying on the hardware in my own house, I'd still choose the hardware. But yeah. I think if you're thinking about something like this Series S where you add two consoles, one with the hardware, one part hardware, part cloud, and it's, as you say, cheaper, I think there would be a market for it. Would I buy it? Probably not. I'd go for all the hardware just to be on the safe side. But I think there'd be a market of people that wouldn't be as bothered. What if, um, and this is all speculation in terms of what what it might look like, what if the the promise was that you can buy whatever console, the high-end console, the on-premise you know the on premise experience yeah. that doesn't leverage the cloud, but you know, you know it's all there and it's working, you know, you don't have to worry about the internet too much, although 80% of games require it anyway these days, so you ain't going to be playing them regardless. Or a slightly cheaper model, which didn't have... The guts of it weren't as powerful, but it would it would automatically and only really operate in a cloud yeah. um, harnessed environment. And the upside of that exceeds what you could do with your, you know, the other version of the console. I.e., by enhancing it with the cloud, the game will actually look and run better on the cheaper device. Um, oh, interesting. Do you know what I'm saying? So what you're saying is you could you wouldn't have the hardware, but no. and it would run worse if you don't connect it. If you don't connect it. But if you connect it, it'll um, run better than your you know, your top-level on-premise console. So I don't expect that would ever happen in the real world. But it's an interesting quandary. Um, I mean, look, I'd always take the option of the game running or and or looking better. Conservative. Like, I think most would, right? I don't... Unless... I can't... I'm always online, right? So this mm. world in which... I mean, I'm off the grid doesn't exist. Everything I've got, laptop, phone, all my devices are already using the bandwidth. That brain chip that Elon's given you. That'll be online soon. Well, we'll be... They're asking for volunteers for that. I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Report back on that. The Real yeah. Tech Podcast. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, 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 I'm not against it. Like, and I, I use, I actively prefer using cloud saves and things like that. Mm. Anyway, yeah. like I was able to pick up my Xbox. I, I obviously bought the PC. I thought oh, I'll try out this cloud save. Like, see how it all transfers yeah. over seamlessly. Yeah. I can play Football Manager 2023 Console Edition on my console. Turn yeah. that off. Turn my PC on load it up on here and download the same save and play and continue. Like that's mad really. When you think of like that, being able to just use it like that is, is like blowing my mind, but I'm already using it. I'm already seeing the benefits of it. So mm. I'm not against somehow using the cloud to enhance 
the overall gaming experience, but it has to be, um, what's the word? It has to just be natural. It can't right. like it has. To, it can't be laggy. It can't reduce my gaming experience. Can't I don't it, see... can't introduce like a noticeable level of latency or something. Along yeah, the, yeah. The, the experience yeah. has to only be enhanced. Seamless yeah. is the word. And I know that's an, a, an obvious word to use, but it really does. Like, I don't want, like, I don't want to spend all this money and have all this here and be relied on some shit cloud that yeah, yeah. hasn't got the grunt. Like, this is my frustration all the time is I've got 500 meg connection here, download. Very rarely can I get that no. because of the server limitation or whatever it is. Like yeah, nothing so downloads this that is, quick. Nothing downloads that quick. So it, it frustrates me just on that front that I'm I've got something that exceeds what's able to be supplied. Like yeah. and you could argue always well, future proof in this that, and the other, and it is, but that is an example already of where I'm at the limitations of the other end. So yeah. I don't. I, I wouldn't want to be limited by what that game server or cloud server or whatever is chucking me. And then if that goes down, can I still play the game? Like, there's a million and one questions. Like, yeah. I think it's probably more applicable to a single player game than like an online multiplayer or something like that. Um, and that's another thing. I don't want my bandwidth being fucking clogged up by yeah. uploads and downloads from a cloud. So yeah. there's there's some questions there, but in principle, I'm open to it. Yeah, I'm sort of in the same boat. I think it, obviously it was just a lot of it's all idea and speculation. This is coming off of a slide, you know, that was made a few years ago. There's no real detail as to how it would work, and they're using yeah. stupid terms in there that you know just to get people excited internally. But the idea of it in my head, in my very simple layman's head, thinks that yes, it can work. And I've seen it in real time with something like Flight Sim. It's impressive, but it's not like the game changer. And I think that's where they've got to be... Whoever decides to push this forward, if it's Microsoft, if it's Sony, if it's Nintendo even, you know, to, to, to make up for the power of that, that Switch suffering, they have to, at some point, not over-promise on what it can do. Yeah. Because it can unravel quickly. And I think it's ideal for papering cracks... Yeah. Like, if there's, I mean, we've talked obviously earlier in the podcast around the lack of grunt, for a, for example, on like a Switch or the S. Like, if that can help alleviate that gap in hardware, yeah. then fine. Like, that's a good thing. Like, it, it, it gives the develop. I say it gives the developers something less to worry about, but well, I don't think it's. I, I don't know how. Worry about that's another good point. How's that? How, if and how is there another layer of complexity they've got to consider at that point yeah so it's, i think if a game if a game is going to use it they use it for all the versions mm. like even the most powerful version they're not going to go we'll just use the hardware like they'd build it so do you just ship use... do you just ship a base version and say you know depending on your yeah. hardware it'll scale to a minimum standard but then the cloud will get it up to the same standard as whatever and it'll be more that's what it'll, I think, it'll yeah. use more cloud computing if you're on a series s version compared mm. to an x version but you you'll be close to parity yeah yeah that's what i think they'll do is that they'll they'll use ai or something to oh yeah that was flatten. mentioned in the slide about yeah i mean everyone chucks this shit out yeah. it really annoys me it's like every meeting i'm in at the minute it's like what are you doing around ai it's like why do use it for what it's used for everyone doesn't have to use it somehow but anyway it's gone, um, 
Yeah, Skynet. So I think they'll use AI in some way to 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 sort of flatten everything out to give everyone the most consistent experience. Yeah. That's how I'd expect it to be deployed. But it's it's a tool. I mean, you know, you saw that that Google did it solely from from the cloud. Um, yeah. And I mean, that didn't work. But the idea, in principle, as I understand it, did. So, you know, yeah. I, I think there's something there to be used, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the AI thing's interesting because DLSS is kind of using the leveraging AI for the upscaling mm. tech. So I would imagine that will make up a big, a big makeup of this solution, whoever decides to use it. And um, obviously, Microsoft are in, a, in an intriguingly strong position because they own Azure. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> they've got yeah. direct access to it. Yeah. And if, if Sony or Nintendo decide they want to get in on it, they'll be like, well, you can, you can go use Amazon Web Services or you yeah. can... You can go and use uh, Google Cloud, or if you come to us, but you'll be paying us. <laughs> I mean, they actually, years ago, there was a um, an agreement made between the the two firms and Azure, which must have been. I, I think I think at that level, it's ain't it's not really it's Sony and Microsoft rather than Xbox and PlayStation and and Switch. If you know what I mean, it feels like it's a much more corporate, higher level discussion than like Phil probably won't even in the room there because it's nothing to do with. I think I'd be surprised at how incestuous businesses can be in this way like and how it it's kind of just like okay. competitors but it, it happens in every realm uh, where yeah like it, it it people don't cut their nose off in business despite no. their faith no, no, even no, no, if no. they're a competitor it's like yep. if you're going to give us some money and in, and use our product and yep we'll this that, and it. the other they'll go we'll take it yeah like it, it's just the way it goes yeah it's when everyone was saying oh because of the ftc and this the microsoft activision deal sony have really dug their heels in that they never that's it they'll never talk they're never going to work with them and then we're still getting games going on ps plus <laughs> that are coming out of the microsoft system so that absolutely yeah. not it's you're, you're completely right there that, that I know the fanboys want it to be this big war, but internally they're all like, right, what's that bottom line looking like? Can we enhance it for us? Yep, yeah, let's, let's go and do it. Let's yeah, get of our nose. The world of capitalism. Keep, keep uh, Alan yeah, happy and we're yeah. happy. And Alan just yeah, wants, Alan wants the cash. Speaking of that, the CMA has identified limited residual concerns with the new deal of Microsoft... Oh, sorry. While the CMA has identified limited residual concerns with the new deal, Microsoft has put forward remedies which the CMA has provisionally concluded should address these issues. So, long and short of it is, this looks like it's going to get the, the rubber stamp. The CMA has got an open cons, cons, consolation... Consolation? Consultation. Consultation, that's the one. Until October 6th. Um, and then after that time, it'll make its final decision, but... This sounds like the last barrier is removed, and it's down to them addressing. They've basically licensed out their cloud for Activision Blizzard to Ubisoft, and that's got around the concerns that the CMA had. So they did have to restructure the deal quite significantly in that part. And um, all the people saying they'll just close over the top of the CMA, big bad fit. And they've crapped themselves and come up with this solution, which has kept all parties happy. And then probably in three to four weeks' time, this might all be over officially. So. Just, We're just going to overrule. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the competition markets will probably you can go, oh, shut up. We're doing it anyway. It's yeah. never going to happen. So, yeah. uh, but they were always going to, What they were never going to overrule it, but the deal was always going to happen. In some, like, they, were, they knew in what they needed to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The concession, they've made a lot of concessions throughout all this, but 
definitely needed to do one there. So that's that saga will end soon. There's no more to discuss there. Let's get out of here. I'm going to do Final Fantasy 16 to close us out. So I finally got through that huge game. Like 70, 88 hours sunk into that one. And um, I'll be interested to see what other people's thoughts are on that game. So Final Fantasy 16 is coming to close you out. We will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Dimp Digital Voicemail Service. Please leave a message after the tone. Hello there, Tom Adcock, Dimp Digital, aka Pac-Man. Don't really like that nickname. Uh, doing my little recording of uh, the video game Callisto Protocol for PS5 and potentially PS4. I don't know what if it's on PS4, but I played it on PS5. Um, the game got slagged off by everyone, if I'm being honest. So I really put the dampeners on it when I was quite excited beforehand. Um, but I borrowed it off somebody in the Dimp gang, Tom Atkins, thank you very much. And I played through it. And I was pleasantly surprised by this game. I think I beat it in about nine hours, eight or nine hours, very linear, which is just what I needed uh, at the moment because time uh, isn't forthcoming, spare time that is. So not getting lost and just being able to blast my way through, very helpful uh, for me at the moment. So I enjoyed that. I was very grateful for it. Um, I, yeah, I don't know why this game got slagged off so much. So... Um, like it's quite atmospheric i the thing i wouldn't say it's not very scary and it's probably trying to be scary because like all the enemies can approach you and you can just hold left or right to dodge them um i don't know it takes the fear factor out a bit somewhat for me and also there's so many jump scares that they just very quickly don't become jump scares so it's by no means perfect and also the character the main character bloody hell so dull looks like johnny drama from entourage but ain't got nothing to say and a pretty standard storyline i guess you know our marks down but i enjoyed my nine or ten hour playthrough um on this game um I, this is very rambling it's just like sort of um stream of consciousness review because uh, also weren't many bosses and when they finally introduced them they repeated them several times which was a bit weird i found so i guess it is a little bit of a couple of odd bits about this game but overall enjoyable melee combat focus is good um although it can get frustrating when there's multiple enemies because you can sometimes try and move out their way and you because you hold left or right to dodge and you're trying to walk left or right but you're actually just dodging or like stuck in a bit of a loop with multiple enemies it can get quite frustrating um but then you get gunplay and it becomes more like a, just a standard third-person shooter-esque type deal. But yeah, overall, Clisto Protocol was a very decent playthrough. I'm going to give it a solid silver. There you go. Here we are then, back with some game impressions. To close out this edition of Idle Game Chat, we've got apps here. And Logan has joined me to talk about Final Fantasy 16 which logan didn't play 
So people's, I saw their eyes light up there. There's a, I was like, no, we haven't got him that far down the rabbit hole yet to play these sorts of games. This is one mm. I played, but he's here to run the show, run the operations, get, make sure the conversation's good. It's not my fault if it's crap. <laughs> it? Well, it depends. I'd argue if you get Biff on to do a review and you go, is it good? And he goes, no, what's wrong with it? And he goes, well, I didn't like it. You go, right, well, this is going to be that's Biff, yeah, out of a stone. Um, so exception. it can. The onus can be on the interviewee, mm. is that right? Not the interviewer. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's any such issues. Normally, the problem is actually trying to stem the stem the bleed of the waffle, I think. That's yes. the issue that generally both you and I have. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Final Fantasy is an interesting one. And you gave me a choice of a couple of games to pick. And I, I chose this one. And I, sometimes I like to choose games to talk to you about when we're doing a review because it's even more interesting for me when I just don't really know what any of them are about. No. Um, and I have to be honest, I have, but I'm, I'm aware of what final fantasy is, but mm. that I've got no real idea about what it's good and bad at and what, what people love it for. Cause it always tends to review really well critically and you yeah. don't ever hear about it getting crapped on really. Um, no. But as we've, as you alluded to in the into the intro, um, it's not my bag, and I haven't got that far down the rabbit hole. Um, so, I guess first element, as we always do, is cards on the table. Well, F- Final Fantasy is an interesting one. Um, we mentioned there what what are they good at. You know, what's the kind of hook of them? I do think more than any other franchise, they tend to. Right, I'm not that experienced with the franchise. Let's get that out of the way first, actually. Before I start making statements about what, what Final Fantasy is, caveat that with that I've actually only played three of them through to completion. That's Final Fantasy 15, yeah. that's Final Fantasy 7 Remake, and that's now Final Fantasy 16. Back in the day, I tried... I feel like I played like Final Fantasy 6 or 4. One of those... It's just... Mm. It's too hard. I didn't understand what was going on. It was too much. I wasn't back yeah. then. You're playing Mario Kart, and that's it. That's all I was interested in. Mm. So that was that. <clears throat> so that that's really my sort of modern day kind of experience with it. Which the reason why that's important is because actually that that's that's during the action kind of era of Final Fantasy. These started off as turn based JRPGs, and then yeah. more recently have gone into the more or have gone into action based combat. So you're not. It was turn-based and they had active, I can't remember they called it now, active time something or other. Mm. And basically it meant it was turn, it was command-based essentially. So there wasn't any you know, pressing of buttons to punch or kick or slice. You chose the command. The, the enemies could attack you every so often. It was a continuous battle, but you'd use it from a command list. That's what they morphed into. Um, so I don't have any real experience with those type of games, but what I was going to say before I thought it was best to clarify that knowledge is probably lacking here is that from the outside, these games have probably changed in terms of franchise moving on and changing. They've done, they've, they've gone through a lot of different iterations and different types Mm. of, you know, gameplay just on the action front and they've tried all manner of different things. So <clears throat> I'm not sure what definitely what Final Fantasy 16 is now is not what Final Fantasy 1 was and certainly no. not what Final Fantasy 7 original was like it's completely changed and this one more than than others I'm told is is an even more of a departure from perhaps mm. the traditions of it but for some people it's think- come up trumps for other people it's mm. 
it's got up their nose because it's it's not Final Fantasy, which is a difficult yeah. one to kind I of. I think that deal was with. something that I was going to peel into was the fact that I bet there's been. I mean, to be fair, I haven't seen an, an absolute outrage over the years about this move away, but I expect there'd be the hardcore mob that are going, oh, but this, yeah. we want it. Out. And was that change something that you that got you into it? Was I think, that- yeah, I think so, because I, mean, I don't know when they started doing action-based combat. It may well have been 15. 14's an MMO, so you can get that out of the picture straight away, and I'm not too sure about 13, the ones before that, but that certainly made it at least looking through the window going, oh, that's that's a bit more palatable to me. Now, having gone through the two Persona games, <laughs> yeah. like, which are old-school turn-based, no, no like active time going on, now I wouldn't even bat an eyelid. In fact, I'm actually semi-interested in playing the really old ones. They've done a pixel remaster of Final Fantasy 1 through 6, which aren't overly long games. I think they get longer as they go on, but the first few, whilst will probably be quite archaic, um, mm. are there. So I think initially it was it was kind of almost a requirement for me to sniff at it, but now that, that requirement of has to be action, real-time combat has, has disappeared from me, so... You know, in a 2023 world, that wouldn't concern me. But it certainly did when I was, you know, looking at these games back in the day. They weren't getting on the menu. Interesting, because I'm not a particularly big fan either of turn-based combat outside of of Pokemon. Um, I don't know, I just find it a bit bland in terms Mm. of, like, thinking on the fly. But I'm sure there's a million and one comebacks for that. It's just not my favourite mode of dealing with it um so i think we've kind of touched on your background there and heavy caveats around the franchise yeah there it goes listeners of the podcast will be familiar to coming down your road (laughs) (laughs) um so in terms of final fantasy then what what is it that as what did you like about this one? And is there kind of themes that run through the game that, that you have enjoyed and why you've played the last few? Or are they, are they just games that in isolation you've enjoyed playing so you kind of keep coming back to it? There's kind of a million and one questions in one there. So yeah. pick the bones out of that as you want to. Well, I think... Won't be taking Piers Morgan's job anytime soon, will no, I? Let's, well, keep him away, I'll say. Um, <laughs> it's, well, so the first thing to kind of say is that there's no link between there's there's no it's final fantasy 15 and final fantasy 16 you go core 16 of those how do you you tie that story together the simple answer is they never have really they are separate entries that i i am not experienced enough but at best allude to other games perhaps in the past tense of like oh thousands of years ago we found this technology and it might be like almost considered an easter egg of sorts that they'll find they share like the currency systems called gill for example they always share that that's always the same there's certain Mm. spells that usually return but in terms of a narrative in terms of the world they're set in they're usually fundamentally very different that's going to change with final fantasy 7 remake part two because that will be a follow-on from Remake Part 1. So that's actually going to be a three-part kind of saga they're doing, which was originally just one game. Um, so there's no narrative thread f- for me to pull out. I mean, originally, that's why 15 was like, okay, I don't really need to concern myself with mm. the story. What I found out after finishing it was that there was a fucking CGI movie that you, you ought to have, have watched, which I did afterwards, and I was like, oh, that makes a bit more sense now. 
Mm. I hadn't hadn't done that. I think Annoying watch. when they chuck out stuff like that. Well, I had Sean Bean in it. It's like allegedly that you should watch all the Clone Wars series of Star Wars. It's like no, oh. like no, I shouldn't. It should You're be bonus now. footage. But they they go, oh no, you should. You'd understand X, Y, and Z if you watched that. No, stick mm. it up your ass anyway. It, it does get too much. But um, for sixteen, <clears throat> in terms of what I actually liked, I didn't really know what to expect because I'd heard that. Mm. And seeing that, oh, it's not really Final Fantasy. And I think there's a couple of things that the, tr- the traditional half of the half of the traditionals are gone because they don't want the action combat. So they were out with 15, or perhaps earlier mm. they didn't like it. But this one still has the action combat. It's very good, but also it kind of it lacks, I think, what people enjoy about the or had enjoyed about these games in that there's not really too many. RPG elements to it like you can unlock abilities and whatnot but you can reset your ability points with no consequence so you can just experiment with different powers and abilities and find what works for you mm. you unlock every there's no choice really to be made in terms of building your character you just kind of get the next higher up bit of armor you get the next sword that's higher up there's no like trade-off it's like oh do you want to build towards a more defensive type character or do you want to build towards attack and being on the front foot it's mm. kind of like do what you want but your gear isn't going to define your character there's no real class system for you to get involved with at all Interesting. It's, very, it's very much a skill based game rather than a, a leveling based or a, a gear based mm. game um and every game these days seems to have some element of gear chasing doesn't it you know it's always get the numbers up and you know that's how you need to yeah play the game. i mean <laughs> Destiny, the division. There's so many that you play, and it's sort of, you, as you say, you're just chasing bigger yeah. numbers. And you can find like unique stuff in the world if you go and off the beaten path, or you do the the side stuff. You will get like there are slightly better weapons to be had, but it's not <clears throat> it's not make or break. Hmm. But anyway, it's a bit. I'll say all that to say I don't really care about any of that. That's not a, that's not a concern for me because I'm not entrenched in what Final Fantasy should be. I'm just like I'm playing this should game. Be or was. Could be. I don't give a shit. It doesn't. It don't, it don't yeah. bother me. It's not my concern mm. because I don't. Oh, I haven't got the nostalgia or the attachment to the older games or the older era. You can only judge what's in front of you. Right? Yeah, I can't. Like, sit there there's and go, no point oh, in you. Yeah, like going all, but it's not that way. But it's not this way because arguably you haven't, by the sounds of it, played it in that older format anyway. You don't have mm. the the history with the franchise. Like where I do is say Call of Duty. It's like I can be annoyed about how that's developed because yeah. like i've played it and how i know how i prefer it whereas if you'd come in on the last two or three editions you go well i didn't be knowing well, it when it was like that the argument for this is this i think this is why the why final fantasy gets more flack for this is because actually call of duty over the 20 years or whatever it's 20 years plus has stayed as a first person shooter yeah yeah but the core of it's always been the same they've just tried to yeah you know, spice it up and try different things. Bolt shit on, as they, I've said well, a million They did love a bolt shit on, didn't they? Mm. But if you look at Final Fantasy 1 through 16, it's changed completely. It's not mm. even... It's not the same genre. The, the no. combat's completely different. Um, the structure of the way the games work changed from mm. game to game. I mean, Final Fantasy 15 had a big open world area where yeah. you go off and explore. This, this goes back to more smaller zones that you can explore though there's very little reason to do so which may be a negative for the game so i think what they're feeling is that the fans are seeing just fundamental changes and features and Mm. things that have been there sort of being removed and it's 
I think what they don't like, again, this is projection and made-up nonsense in my own head, is it's becoming more palatable to a Western audience. Mainstream. You, you can see Casual. that. You can see that in the story, the way it's based. Like, this is a very... And look, I bloody love this. The story in this game is fantastic. The characters are fantastic. Like, everything's really, really good. Um, and, you know, the, the, the setting... People call it Game of Thrones, the the video game almost, and they don't half pinch a few ideas off there um, that you don't initially kind of think of, and then when you as you go further in, you're like, oh yeah. But it is a Final Fantasy game, so there's all magic mm. and other stuff that's that's unique to that series. It's not a complete rip off. It's just they've borrowed a very the setting feels much more Game of Thrones than perhaps some of the other ones. I mean, in Final Fantasy VII Remake and fifteen, for example, there's people with guns running around, which always rubbed me the wrong way because you've only got a sword. And I'm like, how? Mm. And you're sort of blocking. This has got no guns or anything like that. It's, it's, it's fantasy setting, like standard, like swords, so some shields, magic, spells. That's your lot. There's no, no fucking machine guns being wheeled out and people jumping off of helicopters and all that sort of nonsense. It's very much, it's quite consistent with the with the world there um but yeah the i the, the the narrative and the characters and the setting is really really good in my view and it's helped by some of the some of the features they kind of have given it to to to, to make what is quite a complex mm. world and narrative seem a little bit more palatable yeah i mean you'd expect that that evolution is probably what's given it its longevity at least in some form like is there's something different you know, because I find everyone goes, it hasn't changed to this 16. Oh, no. Well, the there's, there's so that argument gonna, as well. You, you you're never going to win. That. No. No. Yeah. So you'd probably argue that, you know, that, and let's this, this be honest, like there's a huge audience in the West for this stuff. And yeah. it's in the same way that, you know, you just, with any product, you want it to be appealing to as many people as you can. So, yeah. You know, although those in China, China, in Japan and stuff like that are probably all a bit China. upset. And what does he China. do? How does he do it? China. Yeah, he goes, it's China. What's going on with him? Is he, is he locked up now? Not yet. Oh. No. Still got his mugshot going around. Is he still allowed to run for president? Yeah, right, okay. he can be president as well from a jail cell. There is no, <laughs> there is no legislation present, present, um, preventing that. So oh, watch this space could be yeah. ultimately interesting. Um, but yeah, so it's, although, you know, you might lose some of that sort of hardcore Japanese um, audience, it's probably, you know, they gain a load of the audience over here. So it swings and roundabouts, right? Yeah, well, um, I, think people, I think people liked the style of the old ones, even from the West. But, you know, things they, they I remember years ago when they first showed this, they cited one of the references was The Witcher 3. And you can mm. feel that as well. You can feel that in the setting and the characters. Mm. and you know, That's the, no bad thing. No, exactly. But, you know, there's always going to be an argument. You can never, get, you can never please 100% of the people. Mm. Where this one, probably more than others, has gone off the path that has, that has been forged before it. I think that's what's wound people up. But generally, it's a bit of a well-received game. So they'll look at that and say, yep, yeah, sales mm. seem to have done pretty good, done okay, and... You know, perhaps chalk that up as a success. It's still got a PC release to come at some point, and we don't know about Xbox because we never know what Square and Jim Ryan are up to. Cooking deals in the back alley somewhere, <laughs> greasing palms. Yeah, true. So I think we've talked about... I, I want to shift this 
away from what the fans like yeah, and shifted towards apps because so i think mm. that's what we need to get into so from your perspective you like the combat you like the story you like the setting um is there anything else that you call, would call out that impressed you about the game and that you enjoyed well i think there's there's i didn't run into any bugs like nothing not polish much. it's very polished now it's not the there's like tiers of this game that are exceptional like mm. they look and sound and everything's amazing and there's also tiers where the game's clearly someone ain't at the TLC in that team they're not they're not being given that for the side quest for example and you're like okay well you can see where the money's been spent basically yeah but even with that said Jamie had no no issues on the technical side now there is some performance issues which I'll get into when that's appropriate but generally mm. it's a very stable coded game didn't have any quests bugging out no people just randomly disappearing and some of the weird shit you get with, mm. with games these days is is, is 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 can be odd but this from that perspective yeah. it was completely fine um what helped with the the uh, the story side of things was in fact the the um the active time law they call it which basically means at any point during the game you can press the big middle button in whatever that fucking touchpad, I guess it's called, on the PS5, yeah. and it will bring up a little like wheel of document, or, like, like little Wikipedia entries that you can basically click on or, or, or press yeah. a button and go into. So it'll show you where you are. It'll say this is Walud or whatever, you know. Then it'll show all the characters, all the characters that are in that scene. So you can say, oh, there's there's Sir Royland. Sir Royland's not in this, but this, for example, Sir Royland. There's Sir Royland. And, you know, you can go on him and it'll tell you his, the state of, of his character. <laughs> so what it does, it, it kind of ties every scene, has its own kind of unique canvas that you can go into if you're thinking, who the fuck's that? And mm. you can go in there and go, oh, it's Katrina. And this is why you need to remember Katrina's mm. this. Later on, they even introduce a, a secondary sort of like world map that you can go into. And you can see where all the different because it's really it, it is at a high level. It's quite it's quite a lot going on in terms of the political landscape of the game, which mm. helps drive some of the, the narrative forward. But you can see where everyone's kind of located on the world map and whose forces have been sent where. Why there's a little skirmish going on there. You can go into that and you can see all that. So from that perspective, it really helps because the game does try and cover an awful lot of ground throughout the. Well, I think my clock is now at seventy nine hours. So it's a real beefcake. And I did all the side mm. content other than the challenges and the time trials, which I'm not getting involved with. I ain't, I'm not there to be under pressure, especially when you've got to do five <laughs> stages back to back. And if you fail on one of them, you go back to one. And I was like, well, we're not doing that then, are we? It's just ridiculous. <laughs> but out, so, so that active time law, the only thing I would say is if, it was, if all the entries were narrated, which I know is a lot to ask, but Mass Effect did it. And I just think, why is no one else bothered to put that level of... Let me be lazy. You talk to me. You tell me. I've got because there's an awful lot of reading. That's why it's not required. Yeah. You know, mm. it's probably helpful. But the, as I said, the active time law—the fact that you can just boot this thing up at any time—means you haven't got to go shuffling through menus to find what's relevant to that particular moment in time. You can go mm. in there. It pauses the cutscene, and then you're like, right, there's so and so, so and so. Oh, there's also a new entry there. A little red dot. I can go in there and it'll tell you about the location or, you know, a new character mm. that's kind of come onto the scene. Now, mm. 
one small thing is it did <laughs> it did spoil a outcome for one of the characters for me very slightly by about uh. by about 20 minutes now in all honesty i knew what was happening because the mission objective kind of gave away you know if, if everything went well this is what the outcome would be but the fact that it kind of mentioned it at the bottom of one of these entries means they probably need to just tighten that up a little bit. But, you know, for the sake of one of those out of the hundreds of times I went into that fucking screen, it was, it was mm. pretty good. Um, the trouble is, obviously, Ronnie wants to read everything. So you can yeah. imagine how many times he pressed that button searching for it's new stuff. Because then, then it was taking like a, a five-minute cutscene would take 10 minutes because I'll be... Always keep every time it changed fucking camera cut. I was like, "Hang on, is there anything new?" Nope. Going in and out of there, so that had to be. It should just give you a little like nod that so and so has been sh- updated. It should. You're right. I should have yeah. a little thing saying new entry to be seen. Yeah. And that yeah. would have settled me, but no, I was in and out of there way too much. And then really, what the game, the game's action is really good, but the, it's the way in which it ties. It's like a big spectacle when things kick off they kick off massively and it's one of the most impressive games from that perspective i've ever played you know you'll be having this massive great big boss battle it'll transition into this huge icon battle which are these massive creatures that you can take control of and fight against each other and the way it seamlessly transitions between the combat story elements as this is going on cutscenes, soundtrack when it's firing on all cylinders it's one of the best things i've ever experience like audio and visually it's outstanding Mm. and that's where the fucking money went not on poor old bob's fucking side quests that he's actually going to pick up yeah and to be honest as a trade-off it's pretty fucking good it's pretty cool it really is just stunning from from that perspective and um that's what i feel is kind of one of the things that it hangs its hat on and does really well you know you say the combat the story Mm. all that good stuff Voice acting's really good, soundtrack's really good, and when that all meshes together into these, 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 these crescendos of of um, yeah, action yeah. And, and 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 scenarios that they give you, it's really special when that when that comes off. Mm. What that does do is it sets the bar so fucking high that when you're not involved in things like that, you're like feels so like a little bit of a downgrade. Yeah, it's, and it's a tricky it's a mm. tricky balance. I don't think they pace out the side content very well, which then. Mm makes that worse, makes that feeling of like, ah, lackluster this is, even worse, and feels like it's slowing things down. Obviously, you can just avoid the side quests, and you could play this as a point-to-point critical no. path, and you'll be you'll be fine. But if you do aim do to play that. everything, then you're going to be spending plenty of hours away from all the cool stuff and doing stuff that, whilst is actually can be quite interesting, there's probably too much of, and a lot of it's mid. So I think that probably brings us on quite nicely to some of the things that you didn't like so much. So I think, as you said, side quests a bit meh. Um, And you alluded to performance issues, which I found interesting. So let's do the performance issues. So you've got two modes. You can do performance or fidelity or graphics mode. One runs at 30 FPS. That's fine. Looks great. Runs fine. I played about 30 to 40% of the game like that just to test it and to be honest mm. it was fine like it really wasn't that big a deal once after about a minute of playing it but mm. i did go back to the performance mode and the reason why i stopped playing the performance mode is because in combat it's fine didn't notice any problems whatsoever so when it really mattered it was completely fine but when you're outside of combat and you're wandering around 
running around the the sort of zones that you've got to steam around in, it it does mm. get choppy. Um, in performance, yeah, like this, this, the frames are dropping and and whatnot. And looking into how they've what they've done, they've got a dynamic resolution scaler in there. And basically, when the action kicks off, it dumps the resolution right down, so that you're it's never going to hit the sort of threshold and, and uh. drop some frames for you. But when you're exploring, it just kind of keeps it at a static higher resolution that sometimes it can't handle. Now, this it's annoying. Don't get me wrong; it is annoying. Like it's definitely a blemish. That, that that's it's a shame that that's not just been cleaned up because I think if they just aimed for a low, lower resolution or just mm. scaled it, and it says don't go above if you're going to you know tip the frame rate down below like 55 or yeah. whatever then it would have been a problem solved but for some reason they were adamant on keeping it at a higher resolution whilst you're wandering around um and it does it does create a bit of an inconsistent frame rate not all the time but it's enough to annoy yeah. me enough that i went and tried the 30 fps mode for a few hours yeah and came yeah. back and i was like yeah this is annoying but it's you know it's on balance it's probably still what i would prefer to do now the trouble i mentioned about the 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 dynamic resolution dumping down when the combat kicks off because it's so there's so many visual effects going on when you're attacking and using your skills and whatnot it's you don't really notice anything you think this looks great but when you're running through an environment and you run past the mob because at some point you ain't going to fight everything on your path because you're just trying to get from a to b you run past Mm. the mob it'll dump the resolution down because you're not engaged in combat the, the world around you looks a little bit fuzzy right. because, and that's when you notice it when you're sort of running past things and it engages mm. combat mode and you're not actually on top of yeah, things yeah. fighting like you're just looking at like the trees in the distance you're like cool rough as houses so that's when mm. I noticed that becoming a bit of an issue um, interesting didn't didn't affect the gameplay necessarily but you do mm. notice the, the trick that they played in terms of keeping the, the combat as fluid as possible because they, yeah. they cut down that resolution. It becomes noticeable when you're sort of running past things rather than engaging to them, which you will eventually do because mm. you'll be in the game 200 hours otherwise. Interesting. I mean, it, we've discussed multiple times, me and you, frame rate versus resolution. And mm. the best thing I think we've both settled on is to get the highest consistent frame rate that you can will give the best ultimate gameplay experience. And I think... Yeah. That just backs it up. I, I still, I don't know. I just don't get this drive for resolution. Like I get you have to have a minimum, like you don't want it to be 480p, right? Like you want an acceptable resolution. But I think everything from about 720 well, upwards that's, is. That's, I, I think Digital Foundry did the, the counting on it and that's what the combat goes into as low as 720p. Yeah. And like I said, because it's so mad, you don't really notice it. Yeah. Um, but... When you're when you're rolling around, I guess that's where it becomes a cost mm. a bit. Yeah, it just seems. I think if and when that PS5 Pro comes out, that will resolve the issue because it'll have enough grunt to, you know, you, you won't even have a problem on the 60 FPS side yeah. of things. But failing that, at that present with just a stock PS5, it will be a bit of a blow for people if you're if you're kind of susceptible to noticing that stuff. It'd be interesting to see how the PC version comes out because that could resolve all of it for. You know, for those with the, yeah, with, yeah. With the rigs capable, but I don't think their Final Fantasy VII remake port was the best when that was done. So we'll see. Like it's definitely a a little asterisk there for people to be aware of that performance not flawless. 
And I think yeah. in this day and age, as we continue through this, that's what we're kind of after and expected. If you want to play on 30 FPS, like some people do, like that's the default mode, as we were discussing mm. earlier, funnily enough, with Miles Morales. But yeah. if you want to keep it on that, it'll, it's fine. doesn't skip a beat, looks excellent. But if you want the fluidity, then that's the sort of price you have to pay, unfortunately. There you go. Is there anything else that's a little blemish that you need to call out? Well, it definitely suffers from this bloat problem. I mean, it's bloatville, and what that does, the bloatville's it, it's it does a disservice to the game in several ways. The game deserves itself sometimes, though. Let's be honest. Let's talk about these side quests. So people say the side quests are rubbish in this game. That's not quite accurate. It's an oversimplification of what's going on. Now there are some absolute crap in there. There really is going to pick up dirt and all this sort of stuff. And you're like, well, I'm supposed to be some sort of... Because you're the main character. Look, let's make no bones about it. You're the main character, Clive. You you are special in some way because you're fucking... Clive! You're doing things... Oh. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it works quite well for some reason. The more the game goes on. But you're too important for this stuff. Some of the stuff they're asking to do, I'm like, it's, can't someone else in this fucking hideout do this? And can we no. just can, can dirt genuinely? There was one. I'm sure there was one. Might go and pick up a certain <laughs> bit of soil. I mean, that was quite. This is the thing, though. That was uh, they create the worst possible impression for the cyclists because early on, that's where the dross is. Now there's right. dross. There's dross sprinkled out throughout. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the the first impression of oh here's here's the exciting side content you get hands on mm. and it is like there's one where you walk around delivering food in the hideaway <laughs> you're like well if this is an indication like most players would of what i'm going to get for the next 40 50 60 hours mm. why am i going to waste my time with this so i think they've you know hopefully they look Box at that body work it is and but to put that at the front and not offer a tangible kind of interesting mm. arc initially just sets a bad precedent. And I don't blame people for playing those first few and going, Christ. <laughs> because because later on, there's good stuff, but it's still got some level of toot surrounding it. So you kind of have to... You, you go to one good quest and you get a bad one. Then you yeah. get two good ones and you get one bad one. Then you get three good ones. Then one. It does sort of iron itself out, but... Mm. The the initial impression is what kind of I think kills it off for people, and you know initially that's what sticks in your mind the first impression. It mm. they do get better. There are there's some really good stuff in there, especially if you're a, a lore hound for the the world that they've created. There's tons of stuff in there that enriches it. Loads of great character arcs as well. If you go off and do sort of what I would call companion mm. quests, requests for your people that you meet along your way, your friends, if you will, mm. and. You know, barring the first impression, we can get over that. I think what is, what is truly missing is a a granular way to categorise some of the better quests because they're all just chucked in as side quests. Yeah, and they're not all created equal. I look at something like um, Horizon Forbidden West and Horizon Zero Dawn that had things like errands in it. So yeah. The, so collecting the soil would be an errand, and you you immediately know that ain't really. I don't need to be worrying about that too much. Yeah, yeah. But if I want to do it, it's there. Then you had like jobs, you know, then you had side quests, their main quests. So they granularly kind of, and what this could have done with is a way to show that in your journal that you've got yeah. the more meaty stuff is called X and Y. The hideaway to collecting stuff is, you know, it's called 
A and B or whatever. And then as a yeah. player, you can make a bit more of an informed decision over what you want to target. Because I think mm. a lot of people will just pick this up. They'll play the first few and go, well, what's the point? <laughs> if they're all going to be like that, which you would expect, then I'll walk away from it. So there is good stuff in there, but it's categorized poorly and gives off the the worst impression that you could you could possibly kind of hope for. Um, this is a small thing. You've got, you've got a party alongside with you throughout the game. Uh, they don't really talk much. I'm, I'm used like to... that fellowship of the ring. Yeah. Parking across the lands, and then well, every now and again there's a little bit of chat. But Well, I'm thinking about, like, we play God of War. Whoever yeah. you're with, there's dialogue... There's interactions. Yeah, and some yeah, people get yeah, annoyed yeah. by that. I, I get it. You've got Mimir mm. waffling away. He's one of the best. But you have like three people with you in this one. Then everyone's just like, right? <laughs> and it's just, there's no like camaraderie. There's no banter. And you can't choose your party either. That's one thing the traditionists will that'll get up their nose. You cannot choose your party makeup. It's all defined by your your main story progress and where you are in the main campaign as to who you can take out with you. You yeah. can't go into a menu and you don't level them up. You don't control them. The the dog toggle you can kind of give commands to, but he sort of does things on his own anyway. So you don't need to worry about managing him too much. Mm. So there's a bit of a, a dryness to exploring. Now the game isn't an exploration game either. I must state that. I think it's, 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 it's an A to Z, a point to point adventure yeah. action adventure game so there's nothing really to explore in the world there's nothing to find necessarily other than the other than the odd box full of i don't know goblin ears or whatever that you can sell and it's like well it's not it's not breath of the wild or tears of the kingdom where you go off on this vast world and actually exploring the game is how you find new and interesting things the game will tell you where you need to go when and there's no point going elsewhere until you're told to go there in all honesty because that's where the interesting stuff kicks off final thing that got up my nose was that they have these hunts, okay, like bounties. So these are like big, powerful enemies that will spawn in the world. And they only appear once you've hit a certain milestone in the story or done a certain mm. side quest to clear out an area, usually. And these are like supposed to be tougher challenges, and they are tougher. They, you've got to just keep an eye on them and just make sure you <laughs> don't get too careless with it. Um, yeah. The only way... So bearing in mind just what I just said, the game tells you exactly where you need to go, when you need to go, who you need to speak to, which is fine. I don't want to walk around a village of ten people trying to guess who I need to ask about this fucking stranger that walked in. I want to be like, I don't want to just go to nine people and then find the tenth one on the tenth one. I want to be told it's that fella there. He knows the fucking business because that's just not. It's a waste of time. So I'm fine with that. With the hunts, they don't tell you where the creature is. Or where the bounty is. They, they give say, you like a region? They say region here on the sort of notice board. It's on a notice board in your hideaway. And they have a little description about perhaps where they've seen it. And you're left to find it off based on that. Which isn't the end of the world. You think, oh, you've got to use a little bit of sort of local knowledge. Mm. Look on the map and think, oh, there's a big area there. It looks like a bit of an arena. It's probably there. But the annoying thing is you can only access and see those bounty descriptions when you're in the hideaway. So once you go out into the world, you can't get back at them unless you travel back to that hideaway and look at them. Why didn't you yeah, strip no, it off? I said, I'm going to go and do that. I'll take it with me, thanks. That'll go in the journal. So you're for, is it, So guess what I did? Just took pictures of them on my phone. Yeah, yeah. But why am I doing this? 
you even let me take it with me so I can refer to it when I want to, or just tell mm. me where the fucking thing is with a Mac mark yeah, that you've done yeah. for everything else. Yeah. Bit of a Ronnie-ism, no, but that, that got up my nose a little bit. No, I think that's fair. As you say, you get somewhere and you go, oh, what did that say? And you go, oh, fuck. Yeah, you, unless you've got any sort of real-world log of it, you, you can't find them. So yeah. those are what I'd say the the critiques are. The bloat, the side quest being uneven, categorization and then yeah those those hunts those bounties yeah. getting up my nose and yeah a bit of a, a performance blemish and those party members not really offering much in terms of personality because when they're in cutscenes and story they don't stop chatting they've got a lot to say but when you wander around that world they may as well not be hey, there you gotta, you gotta pay these voice actors by the word these days so well, it's strange down. it's strange because when you go into the hideaway and talk to people they are fully voiced but, I, but there's mm. certain sections where they're not, where they just bring up the text of what they're saying. They'll say the first oh. two words. I'm like, what? It's, it's never in an important cutscene. It's more like, you know, when you go and talk to someone, it's like, oh, ask them about their yeah. past. And you're like, oh, I'll go and see what the blacksmith's got to say for himself, the grumpy old bastard. But it'll say, mm. like, the first few words of the sentence, and you just read the rest. And you go to the next page, it's the same. And I, was, I don't, you know what's been about the, where the money's been spent? <laughs> Again, they've just sort of went, we ain't got enough budget for that last little bit. So it's jarring because everything else is done so well and so well voiced, but strange. Strange. Um, so is there anything else that we haven't discussed that you wanted to uh, pull out that forms that's noteworthy in your review of the game? Mm, I don't think so. I think like the game plays really well, which is a good point mm. it really is a fantastic game just to play it's, I'm surprised well I'm not surprised Akin doesn't got it because he likes to chase the, the 96s and, and whatnot, and then put six things on his plate that bloody scumbag <laughs> but this is an absolute Adkins game there's no bones about it I think when he eventually makes time to sit down and play this he's going to fucking fall in love with it because it right. just it ticks so many different boxes there and comes together quite nicely yes it's got a bit of bloat yes the performance mode would need a bit more optimization and tweaking i mean we are months out from this release like over two months since it released and i was thinking at some point they're going to drop a performance update they mm. haven't they've, they've given us the ability to change our outfits which is like well thanks very much i don't uh, not not really a concern of mine and change like the sword so if you liked you know the first sword you ever got the look of it you can just put the skin of that on it which yeah. ronnie's never going to accept because that don't make sense does it um <laughs> But yeah, like they've not addressed the performance part of it, which I think is going to disappoint people. So it may have to be a PS5 Pro or PC version if you want that flawless bit of performance there. But generally, like overall, I think the, the positives do outweigh the negatives, absolutely. But it does have some minor caveats in there. Some of those are Ronnie-isms, but other, the, other, other things are sort of more general things that people need to look out for. Like those, the pacing of the side quests, I didn't really delve into that too much, but... They could have done with spreading them out. They seem to just dump a load of toot on you towards the back third. And mm. you're like, you are aware things are ramping up in this story and the, and the urgency of what we need to do to, you know, get this, this scenario that have been put in and, and save the world to a certain extent. And then they're like, well, there's another half dozen bounties and so and you're like, why? Why is this, why is this being saved for like the, the last third of the game? So contextual, I've got, I've got, a, this is a Ronnieism. I've got a, a real issue these days with how things don't make sense in the world when you do them. 
Yeah. Like it, it, it doesn't quite give you enough pause to say, right, take some time to clear down some turret. It, mm. it, there's certain points where it's like, so-and-so's under attack, quick! <laughs> and you're like, well, I could go off and just do the side quest. Yeah. But in this world, in this in this timeline yeah. I'm sort of working towards, it doesn't make sense. So it kind of drops yeah. the ball there for me. And um, this is probably foreshadowing perhaps a future conversation, but Spider-Man has that yeah. issue as well. Was it, yeah. it, it, it was, I know, and I didn't know, this is the thing, it's the new annoyance that's come to my brain because mm. I did not care about that back in the day. It's something that, as as games have kind of done it in a, in, in in good stead, mm. that um, I've noticed it more. But most people will be like, "What are you talking? Why do you care about that? It's a fucking video it's game." Saying that like, yeah. it, it it doesn't bother me that much, but it, it's saying that I have noticed. I'll be like, "You need to go and save so and so quickly." Mm. Let me just do a couple of these crimes on the white light. And it, yeah, and it's sort of a bit like mm, I don't know. But Spider Man as oh, well. I'll get that does- backpack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I'll get that. Quickly go and grab that on the way. I, I know. Oh, you mean, picture. But I better stop and take a picture of this landmark. Did that... you? Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're saying. But Spider-Man also does do the thing where it goes, take some time and do some patrol or whatever. Yeah. But you do one and then MJ calls again and then it's just like, right. I'm under well... attack. And you're like, oh, for God's sake. I know. Yeah. yeah but I do agree. It's, it doesn't It doesn't really bother me, but I do notice it. When I'm doing it, I'm like, this is... Why am I doing this when I should be? Well, you've already told me it's better get there quick, and I'll go. Yeah, let yeah. me just sort clear down this area quick, and then I'll be right there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and also there's like you know, just oh, I know we're going off piece here, but I know we're closing this. It's up, not like us, Spider Man. Like there are certain times in that story where people you're not on great terms with people because of squabbling and whatnot. Yeah, and then you'll go and do like a you know like a base you know clear down just as, as part yeah. of my usual and then you'll ring that same person up and you're like oh hi yeah I'm just at this base yeah. there's these people there and I'm like well that doesn't make sense is it because you just told yeah. me to fuck off they'd have seen so, that and gone Arr. yeah it should lock you out of those <laughs> fucking quests I mean that would be the ultimate sin for most people because yeah. they, they want the video game not the not the the not story. real life realism no yeah. I know but <laughs> I know what you I mean as I say I've noticed it but I just sort of it makes me chuckle a little bit more than anything but yeah um, I think there's something to be said there for you mentioned chucking a load of stuff at the back end and you think that does annoy me because yeah. I could have probably done with that a little bit more up front. But I wonder whether they do that for people that have just been breaknecking it and then need to level or like need some activities to like, I, I don't know. There yeah. must be a reason why it's structured that way, but I prefer things chucked out as early as possible and then give me a menu and I can decide yeah. as I go whether that's what, what's right for me. Just cut down the urgency. Just let me breathe for a minute. I think God of War mm. Ragnarok was really good at that. It'd be like, when you're ready, come back and talk to us. And you're like, all right, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll go and fuck off and clear down this. And I did. Mm. Whereas Final Fantasy 16, as as the game gets more more urgent, you know, as things sort of mm. ramp up, you get less of those, those times. And sometimes you just have to say, well, I know if I don't do this and then I end up completing the game... Like, is it going to give me the option to continue to do this? I'm do contextually, mm. and you know, and there's all. Yeah. So I try and play it safe and do what I can. Mm. But my advice is to do it as soon as it appears, because you'll be left with a lot at the back end. Um, yeah. Because because where I tried to play it naturally, it was like, oh, better go to that fucking war kicking off or whatever. Mm. I, I left a load of turp, plus they piled crap on top at the end, and then I was like, all right, mm. a good like almost ten hours before sort of concluding the game and that's what I said about the pacing dropping 
Like that that kills the pace. Uh, again, mm. it's self-inflicted. Don't need to do all this stuff. Could have left all of it and just carried on with the mm. game. But um, what I would say is as soon as I went back to sort of the main quest after spending a significant amount of time away from it and perhaps having that lull, I was immediately hooked. So as soon as like you got to the, the, the mission stage now and it started to kill, I was like, yeah, I'm back in this. Mm. I was worried whether it would just sort of lose my interest, but no, it did even after an extended period of time keep me keep me locked in. There you go. So I think with everything that we've said, we'll we'll kind of begin to wrap it up. And uh, as we do, go to the DIMP Digital Gaming Gallery, the DDGG, as we call it. Um, Does that work, DDGG? Yeah, we'll take it. And the... um, Do we get the keys out and go inside? I expect we do. That should be a formality. We get them keys out for sure. Going to apps is, I can't remember what we call it. Do we just call it your gallery or your wing? My personal exhibition. That's it, personal exhibition. Apps is personal exhibition and then we decide where it goes. So where in your personal exhibition does this go? Uh, He's still debating it. He's still not sure. I think silver. That... Mm, okay. Yes, I'm going to commit to that. It does just yeah. have just a few too many irritances. I mean, the performance mode alone, some would say, worthy of mm. dropping it. But it's, it's not that bad, but it's not up to snuff. So that yeah. kind of excluded it from getting the... It's a shame because actually there's there's platinum areas of this game. Like I'll tell you, when, it, when like the top stuff that they put into this, the big kind of story mm. missions and whatnot, that is like a platinum standard. But the, the stuff surrounding it just sort of degrades with... A little yeah, yeah, bit of how they pace things, a little bit how they present things, a little bit of structural problems, <clears throat> and then the performance mode on top. I'm like, you've yeah, you've kind of it's not yeah. enough. It, as good as those moments are, they're quite not enough to hold it in a platinum for sure. And then for the gold standard, you got to be getting all the basics right first of all to be qualifying in there, yeah, yeah, or be I, super I super special. And it is whilst I think it is very good, and certainly I had my feel from this from a, a narrative and an action perspective. It's just probably a bit too much weighing it down slightly. Um, who knows? If I played it on, if I do a replay on a PS5 Pro and it's flawless, that may well be enough to knock it into gold territory. But I think as it stands now, they haven't addressed the performance mode um, and it's that's going to you know weigh on people heavily and, it, and, and the other things I mentioned just get on top of it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Can't, can't disagree with that. I think, as we've said many times before, performance issues... You're always going to struggle to get in the top echelons if you don't get performance at the very least right. Um, yeah. I think it's always going to drag games down, um, no matter how minor it is. It, it's a real big bugbear for me. It really winds me up. So I think that's understandable. That's that. Right. That's Idle Game Chat, another one in the books. We'll be back on the next edition. Who knows with what and with who. But nothing more for us to say other than thanks for your time and ta-da.
This was a Dimp Digital production.